Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Legion. I am your host, Jake, and here with me today is my co-host, my buddy, Mark. How you doing, bud? What's going on, man? It's it's Saturday. We got football tomorrow. We had week one. Man, I, we were we were talking off air how great week one felt, and I, I, I think I have to say, even my son was telling me when I told him that my favorite sport was baseball, and he goes... Why you never talk about baseball? And I'm like, oh, but I read about it all the time. Like I see all everything that's going on in the games. He goes, yeah, but you're always playing Madden. You sit, you spent ten hours one day just watching football. Um, he's like, I think football is your favorite sport, and I'm starting to realize that I think that might be the case because nothing uh, made me happier than just Sunday having chips and guacamole, grilling, having hamburgers, and just watching football in teams I don't even like. And I was right. totally happy, right? I mean, like I like we were like you said we were talking before we started recording, and I sat down and watched the Chiefs play the Jaguars, and I mean, Chiefs are my division rivals, and I mean it's no secret I, I do enjoy Jaguars, but they played you know obviously uh, Nick Foles get taken out, but I mean I was sitting there on the couch with both my boys just early in the morning. It's ten o'clock over here where the first games start, and just, there's just nothing like that feeling of the you know opening day, you know. Real football starting because we had that Thursday night game that was trash. But real football starting just with you know the family around and it's just a great feeling. There's no other thing on TV that gets you feeling like that. One hundred percent. And uh, and this week uh, we were already um, given, which was our first week of Thursday night football here with week two, and we saw again the Carolina Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. But we actually wanted to talk about week one. And kind of just what were our, who were our stars, our surprises, and kind of like who were those that kind of let us down in terms of in terms of fantasy because that's what we do. I'm in four fantasy football leagues. Uh, Jake, how many are you in? Three. three You're three. in three. So I mean, we we have a <laughs> lot writing, and I think that's what makes us watch games that we wouldn't even watch because I would never want to watch a Colts Chargers game. There's <laughs> nothing about that game that would make me want to see, especially with no Andrew Luck, and I saw myself watching a lot of that. I saw a lot of Titans and Cleveland Browns. Why? Because I had Jarvis Landry on my fantasy. And on top of that, I think a lot of people want to see the Browns fail. Even though they've always, they're have they known for being losers, but they've, they've kind of created this false bravado because of winning seven games and getting OBJ. So uh, in, in terms of that regard... Who were um, and I guess we can kind of go like back and forth here. Who's a who's a player that surprised you in week one? Um, well, I'll go with probably one of the biggest surprises of week one, and that would have been the Bengals in the San Francisco um, 49ers. Well, excuse me, San Francisco 49ers and the Bengals. And my biggest surprise of that game is going to be the wide receiver John Ross, and he did amazing. He got twelve targets, seven receptions and made 158 yards out of those receptions and two touchdowns. Um, he was on fire. I think he finished the wide receiver four of the week. And, I mean, he's clearly emerged as the wide receiver one on the Bengals because Ty Boyd only had uh, was only targeted 12 times, so that was one less. And he wasn't able to do nearly as much as John Ross was. So, obviously, we're going to have A.J. Green coming back um, maybe sooner than later, it's seeming like. But for now, John Ross is the man, and Andy Dalton threw for 418 yards. Um, you know, obviously it's going to happen when you throw the ball 51 times, but we'll see what he could do this week against Seattle. Um, 
Well, usually when you're when you throw the ball fifty one times, is because you're losing by a lot, and those numbers can be something similar to what you saw with like a Cam Newton, especially with Andy Dalton. Which in this past Thursday night game, Cam Newton was, I believe, like nineteen for forty one. It was really bad, like how inaccurate. So usually when you're throwing a lot of passes like that, numbers don't normally look that well. But he was actually very efficient against. Uh, a pretty decent uh, Seattle defense, um, and, and and that one did surprise me a lot. And I think it's more maybe for the them stacking the box and preparing for a Joe Mixon and making sure that these other receivers outside of AJ Green are going to have to beat us. And I mean, they looked they looked phenomenal. And that actually goes sticking with quarterbacks. I have to say, this one surprised me, but it also hurt me, hurt me to no other. And that is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott uh, scoring, depending on, of course, depending on your league. Uh, for me, in my league, scored 37 points, went 25 of 32 for 405 yards and four TDs. That hurt me like hell because actually in, in my four leagues, I went three and one. I kicked your ass. But besides that, yes, you did. Oh my god! <laughs> but besides Damn. that, you know, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to, we don't have to go for anywhere. But uh, besides that, the one that I, I pay attention to the most, which is my keeper league, I lost by three points. And what kills me about me losing by three points is that the quarterback that I decided to start was Jameis Winston, <laughs> and I start Jameis Winston. Why? Because he's going up against the San Francisco defense, which was one of the worst defenses last year. Their their team only had two turno or two interceptions or two turnovers, I believe, all of last year. Just many people with Bruce Arians they were expecting. No. So Dak Prescott, of course, I think that these I think this season's gonna be a, a, a very big statement season for him. Mainly because of what Zeke did. But on top of him believing for some reason that he's worth $40 million a year. <laughs> so I think that there's definitely one person. If there's one person to highlight would be Dak Prescott. Yeah, he absolutely did amazing. And I think it's um, a big reason behind that is their offense is being uh, ran behind Kellen Moore now. And the way Boise I, mean, State? I have Amari Cooper. Yeah, baby. He's uh, he's on fire. He was a. Uh, I mean, his offense is more of a air raid, deep threat offense style. So he's opening up the field. Amari Cooper did great for me on my other um, my money league. So that's what I'm kind of happy about. Um, one thing I do have to go back and correct: I was totally goofed and reversed. Um, John Ross played Seattle last week, and they're playing um, Niners this week. So I kind of goofed on that. I wanted to correct that because I totally flopped. But um, yeah, back to Dak. He is um, he's going to do great. I think he's uh, who do they play this week? Oh, they play the uh, Washington. Yes, they play the Washington Redskins, yeah. And that's actually, it's funny because Rico, who's in our, our, I don't even know, I didn't even check, I didn't even check if if I, um, if I followed him, uh, if if I'm actually playing Rico, I have no idea, but he was asking like, hey, who, who would you consider starting? And he had either Mark Ingram or Adrian Peterson. I told him that I believe that he should start uh, Mark Ingram. Because the Ravens revolve their offense on run first, you wouldn't know that by looking at Lamar Jackson's by Lamar Jackson's stats, who is actually one of my surprise picks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mentioned Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson. Yes, I think that he will be the lead back, but I could see it very easily going into a against a, a, a 
based on how the Cowboys looked, I can see them going to a passing pass happy, which will then leave Adrian Peterson off the water. But I'll, I'll just go ahead since I mentioned it. Lamar Jackson. I don't think anybody expected 36 points out of Lamar Jackson. And I think if you did mm-hmm. expect to have 36 points, you would expect it because of his legs. Exactly. What, like so so if I before. told you before week one that Lamar Jackson was only going to have three rushes for six yards, you would say that not only did the Ravens lose, but he had a horrible game. And it was wow, actually and it was actually the complete opposite because Lamar Jackson, thirty six points, seventeen of twenty for three hundred and twenty four yards and five touchdowns. And it could have been more, but they took him out of the game with like ten minutes left, and then it became the RG three show. And even he threw a touchdown. So I think either the Ravens are making a statement that we can pass the ball because that was they look like the almost undefeated season Patriots where they're blowing you out and they don't care if they score a touchdown passing on you with three minutes left. <laughs> so that was that was a really big statement game. And Lamar Jackson, um, we'll see if this is something that continues, but I can definitely see this being uh, a, sta- a statement year of, yes, I can throw the ball. I'm not just a running quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he looked phenomenal out there. And that was, you know, the big, like you mentioned, the biggest concern behind him was if he could even throw the ball. And week one, he silenced the doubters. Five passing touchdowns. He was phenomenal. It was great. Um, but someone else who's, I think, making a statement game week one was going to be my number two surprise of the week was Austin Eckler running back out of, you know, Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me, almost said San Diego, uh, versus Indiana. Um, He only had 12 rushing attempts for 58 yards and one rushing touchdown. But where he really got it done was in the air with uh, six receptions on seven targets, made 98 yards out of those receptions, and two touchdowns. And so he's a a big, obviously a big receiving back and a huge target for Phillip Rivers. And now with Hunter Henry, who's got hurt during the week at practice, and Mike Williams possibly not going to play week two also, he's going to probably get even more receptions. This ba- based on based on one of the apps on my fantasy, because yes, I use the Yahoo Fantasy app, I use the NFL app, um, but I also have in my Keeper League, which is the My Fantasy League app, mm-hmm. the MY, no, MFL, um, it actually has him listed as out. So I do not... I do not believe. Um, I Is do. Mike be- Williams? Yeah, so I do believe that you know he's he will be out on Hunter Henry. So I I could see Eckler having a a much bigger a much bigger role. Oh yeah, and I mean three. He got three touchdowns in total. He put up almost forty points. It was 39, 39 points. He did phenomenal against the Colts defense, who's you know not that bad of a defense, and to get it done like that. Um, he's going to have a great week too. Another person who might get um, some attention might be worth looking at would be uh, Travis Benjamin. If you need somebody as a you know, absolute, you know, flex position or target wide receiver too, he's it's not a sexy name, but I mean he might get some attention with those two out as well. No, I hear you. Um, so let's see uh, my my number three, and this is because I, I was not expecting a game like this at all, which was actually Sammy Sammy Watkins. Sam, King. Sammy Watkins, 46 points, nine receptions on 11 targets for 198 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I mean, when you're having an offense that features Tyreek Hill, 
And, of course, that collarbone injury does play a big part. But, you know, when you're looking at Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, um, the plethora of running backs between Damian Williams, you know, LaShawn McCoy, I was like, okay, this is going to be... This is going to be really interesting. I wonder what Sammy Watkins, because we all know Sammy Watkins from his time at Clemson to even though, yes, it's been injury riddled since Buffalo and now Kansas City. But if he's on the field, there are very few football players that are more athletic than Sammy Watkins. And this past week against, you know, uh, a Jacksonville. Now, I did not see the Kansas City Chief Jacksonville game, so I don't know if it was A.J. Bouye or Jalen Ramsey who were the ones covering it? Was it blown coverages? I'm not sure. You would be it, able to answer that more? It was a lot of blown coverages, honestly. It was a lot of looking like the Jacksonville safeties just kind of gave up on a lot of plays, especially that first, I think it was a 40, 50-yard touchdown somewhere in between there for Sammy Watkins. I mean, he just darted across the field, and there's receivers or defenders within 10 yards that are kind of just giving up pursuit, and it was kind of just sad, honestly. But um, A.J. Boye didn't play that well. Um Jalen Ramsey did not play that well as well either. And uh, Tyreek Hill, I think he was still even playing during that point when Sammy Watkins got his first touchdown. So um, they was just blown coverage all across the field. So um, let's go here. And who, who would be your, your third uh, surprise pick? Well, my third surprise pick is somebody that I didn't think would be relevant at all much this year, but that's uh, the Eagles wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, coming back to Philly and getting it done. Nine targets, eight receptions, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, a lot of people weren't even sure if he was going to be playing last week because of his uh, finger injury, um, the broken ring finger, I believe it was. But he came in and got it done. He also made a comment about wearing a splint and it not feeling like anything he's ever felt before, which, you know, as a receiver, you kind of don't want to hear that about your finger. But he he came out there and uh, – he did phenomenal. He opened up the top of the field against the Washington defense, and uh, it was just great to see him out there getting it done again in Philly. Yeah, for sure. Deshaun Watson, it's funny because my, uh, my dad was here spending some time with me, and he, well, my parents came down, well, came up, and he was, when he saw the game and the stat line by Deshaun, uh, by Deshaun Jackson, he was like, wow, this is actually, like, is he good at running routes? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Deshaun Jackson's a really good wide receiver. Uh, he goes, yeah, because every time you see Deshaun Jackson, whenever he has a good game, it's usually three catches for 177 yards and, like, two <laughs> touchdowns. Like, that's normally his type of stat line. But he showed in Philly in this past game that either they were only using him as a just, you know, go down, and you're going to play, and he's like a Mike Wallace-type receiver – but this past game, it really showed that he is he he is actually a great great um, a great great wide receiver, and he has great great legs. And with an offense that is so stacked like Philly, I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a huge bounce uh, bounce back season from his time in Tampa. And it's nice to have Carson Wentz instead of you know Ryan Fitzpatrick or or Winston. That's very Absolutely. true. And you know, with other targets like Alshon Jeffrey on the field, um, it'll definitely open up you know, a lot for him in the future. And I'm excited to see what he can do um, this week. Um, let's see. So Eagles. let's let's go here and we're, well, let's do our biggest letdown of week one. So for me, the biggest letdown was Jameis Winston. Um, on top of the fact that I started him, so I'm just completely sour on this guy. Uh, but yeah, 20 of 36, 
for 194 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions, and two of those were pick sixes. Uh, again, against the 49, 49ers defense that I believe was ranked last in most defensive st- uh, stats last year, uh, you would think that with Bruce Arians, the offensive QB guru, uh, something really big would have come out of that, and it was, it was not pretty. It was not a pretty sight whatsoever. I mean, he looked off his mechanics looked off and it w- it was really upsetting to see not only on that because you expect especially this being his fifth year there's been no extensions I mean this is a really big prove it year um, he looked a little bit better against Carolina but nothing worthy in terms of fantasy I believe that Jameis Winston is deservingly of being dropped I think uh, my my uncle uh, who has a, a fantasy league he had Jameis Winston on his league and he got notified right after week one that 12,000 teams in different leagues dropped Jameis Winston off Oof. their roster. And looking at it in week two, I think that that's another it, – it, it's a smart call. It, has, it hasn't really worked out yet. Again, it's only, it's only been two games. But week one, based on just for what he did on my freaking team um, and just for everybody else who decided to, to listen to him – I mean to listen to some experts – that believed that he was a must-start because of the weak 49er defense, uh, they were proven wrong drastically. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people lost money <laughs> starting starting Jameis Winston. Yeah, uh, he he looked a little bit better last uh, Thursday night, two nights ago, uh, but still not something not uh, someone I wouldn't want to have on my roster. Someone I, if I had Jameis Winston, it'd be someone I'd be I'd be looking for a flyer every week at the quarterback position. Um, but my biggest letdown is somebody that he's he was my RB one and he was such a letdown for me that if he doesn't perform week two, he's on the chopping block or the trade block at least. And that's Devonta Freeman, running back out of Atlanta. He had eight attempts for nineteen yards rushing and four targets and three receptions for twelve yards. He did not produce Jack Squat. He had a fumble that, you know, they lost, so that took some points away too. On the day, he got away with just over four points fantasy in a PPR league, and that was just because of his three receptions, if we're being honest, because other than that, there was nothing there. He couldn't get it done on the ground, couldn't really get it done in the air, and, you know, he he lost – he had the turnover. So as a running back one, that's not what you want ever, and that's super disappointing when you play that week one. And like I said, if he doesn't – he played, you know, the freaking – Minnesota defense last week, which uh, they looked phenomenal, but he's up against, you know, Philly this week. So it's going to be another tough matchup, but still, you know, I want my running back one to be able to produce. So if I have to put him on the trade block and take for a, a, you know, a high running back two to go with my other running back two, Nick Chubb, who also didn't do that well, then uh, that's, that's going to be the game plan. No, no, I hear you 100%. And I actually have, um, I have a question for you because right now, as we're speaking, I'm actually in the middle of of some trade negotiations on my keeper league and okay. somebody is willing to offer me Marlon Mack straight up for Zach Ertz. Would you take that offer? And this now is I, now I will, now I will say it's, it is PPR and the running backs that I have right now are James White and Josh Jacobs. Would you take a, would you take Marlon Mack? When you already have Jared Cook as a backup tight end, 
and knowing the stacked Philly offense with a Miles Sanders, with with um, oh geez, Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. and then you have the Aguilors, you have the Deshaun Jacksons. Is is that something that you would willing to? Because a lot of people have been already stating that they believe that this is going to be a down year for a Zach Ertz because of the many weapons that Philly does have. Would you would you consider? Would you think that that's a good move? I don't know because you know no matter how many weapons Phillies has, he's been the biggest. I think he had the most targets last year than any other receiver. Um, he's a big. He's a big target. He's one of the safety nets on the field. He's literally a huge target. He's big dude, and uh, I don't know. I don't know in a PPR league, Marlon Mack. Their future in Colts is kind of iffy if they're going to stick with Brissett or if they're going to try to uh, you know, get a new quarterback in the draft next year. Uh, and you said you had Cook. I, I do have Jared Cook, and there is somebody who offered me, if I offered them a, a second-round pick, they would give me Austin Hooper from the, from the Falcons. Austin Hooper looked pretty good week one. Yeah, he did. They actually, um, based on projections, I mean, I don't know how much you, you pay attention to, like, pro football reference, but they, they're projecting him to have over 100 catches and, like, 1,300 yards. So I don't know where from that from last year, because last year he did have 70 catches for, like, 60, 600 yards, but he wasn't always a starter. This year, it looks like Austin Hop, uh, Hopper is, like, the, is it, no, it's Hooper, is the, Hooper. Number, is the number one tight end and you know we all know especially kind of with a Devonta Freeman that the Falcons are very pass happy so yeah that's why I mean there there are there are many different options that are that are are happening so I guess my question would be is would you trade Zach Ertz and a third round pick for Marlon Mack and Austin Hooper Again, Austin no. Hooper does make that deal a little more enticing. So if it was, if I was getting Austin Hooper in a third for a third round pick and Marlon Mack, I think I'd do it. If okay. Marlon Mack and Austin Hooper, I think I would. That that's actually it's just that's that's literally what's happening right now on my phone. So I I was like because I'm looking at my notes, but I keep on getting notifications of people sending me trade offers, and I'm like, man, you're asking you're asking for a lot, man. Like Zach Ertz, he's the it's Kelsey Ertz and George Kittle. I mean. And honestly, right now, George Kittle or Ertz, you can kind of swap. Like, we all know Kelsey's the number one. And so, you know, you got that one. Like, oh, who's number two, number three? So, I mean, and tight ends don't – there aren't many great tight ends. Exactly. I mean, I feel pretty good about getting uh, TJ Hawkinson on our draft, the one when we recorded when we did the live draft. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I picked him up on waivers this past week. Yeah, Hawkinson had a monster game. Um, and I, I feel much better when you mentioned to me about Evan Engram. Evan Engram had a really good game. Yeah. So see, he was, uh, I mean, shit, what did he put like 22 points? 22 yeah. He, he, he had a, points. he had a really good game. Um, yeah. but l- let's see here. Who are, who are some guys for week two? We're in week two now. Um, I guess it's too late to talk about Carolina Panthers or Tampa Bay Bucks because that game's already open. No. Yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks or Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of those, um, who is somebody that you are uh, expecting to have big games? We, we both uh, we both decided to choose three, 
Um, I will, I'll, I'll go first because I think that you're really going to like this as an Oakland Raider fan. I actually chose, uh, David Carr, Derek Carr. Jesus, I did it again, (laughs) man. And I actually have Derek Carr here, but I wanted to make sure I didn't look at my notes to make sure I said, crap. Uh, David Carr is always on, uh, you know, I forget what show he's on, but he's always doing analyst stuff. So yeah, he is. I mean, I, I see him a lot. Um, I mean, he's better looking than Derek. I'll say that though. Um, anyways, Derek Carr, I mean, I have to say for the wide receiver who shall not be named that has, you know, left the Oakland premises, uh, and I'm not talking about Keelan Doss. Um, oh, he's back. He's back, baby. Oh, they brought him back. Yes, sir. We brought him back from the Jags. Oh, that's a, that's a cool story. Yeah. I'm I'm actually, I'm I'm actually in, on active roster. Yes, yeah, he was on. He was uh, inactive last week, week one. I'm not sure if he's uh, going to play week two or not yet. But uh, he's actually got that uh, uh, unnamed receiver's old locker, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh man, that is that. That's a really cool story because, especially for me, that has been watching Hard Knocks. I saw every episode of Hard Knocks. I was kind of bummed to see him go because you know, B, it's that undrafted free agent story on top of him being hometown. That's his hometown team. It was it was really nice, and to see him go. But then, hey, circumstances, look at that, man. All you got to do is, you never know. Just because it didn't work out at that moment, that doesn't mean that your door is completely shut. And, I mean, ah. he's, he's, got, he's got a great story, and I, I hope all the success for Keelan Doss. That, that's cool. Uh, but, yeah, really besides that, that yeah. Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr looked phenomenal. Uh, when I was wondering what kind of game this guy was going to have, especially last-minute losing wide receiver who shall not be named. Uh, I was like, man, when you're coming into a game with Darren Waller, who is, I mean, hey, you look like a stud, but he's an unknown. Mm-hmm. You got a Hunter Renfro, who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you saw him in college, the kid is a stud. He is a Wes Welker, Edelman-esque, great, great hands, and a very, very great route runner. So I knew the safety net. But when your number one is Tyrell Williams, eh. but Tyrell Williams had himself a game and he oh, became yeah, a baby. waiver wire pickup like he was hot. It was either Tyrell Williams or like a Marquise Brown, who were the guys that everybody's like, whoa, sign this guy and put him on your team. Uh, mm-hmm. And seeing him going up against that team, I have to say, which was a very sharp uh, Denver Broncos team. I know you hate the Broncos due to your fandom, so... But when you have Vic Fangio, who is, of course, the def- was the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears last season, I mean, the man knows defense. And when you have a Von Miller, when you have a Bradley Chubb, when you have a Chris Harris as a DB, you have it's a very, very, very good defense. And, I mean, he looked, he scorched them. I mean, yes, he only had one touchdown. And for fantasy, that can kind of, eh, okay. But when you're throwing 22 of 25, you got 250 yards plus and a touchdown, and now you're going up against a very, very weak defense in Kansas City, which this game can very easily become a, uh, you know, just a, a powerhouse where it's just going to be a high-scoring affair. I can see Derek Carr having a monster, monster game this week. So I would definitely recommend um, if you want to go, if you're doing the fan duels or DraftKings and you want to get a quarterback that's not much money, and would surprise people. I think Derek Carr would be a great pickup. So that's that's definitely one guy that I would suggest starting this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually picked him up um, on waivers just to plug him in for week two on one of my teams. I did that too uh, when I dropped Winston. 
Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad move at all. Um, especially because a little like a little fact I'd like to throw out there: they're playing in Oakland, and the past two years when Derek Carr has played them at Kansas City in Oakland, he has thrown three touchdowns and over four hundred yards in each of those games. So, I are would you expect- are you starting him? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he is starting. Who, who's your starting sure. quarterbacks? Um, right now, this week, I have Josh Allen against the Jets and Derek Carr against Kansas City. Okay. Wait, Josh Allen against the Jets? He just uh, played the Jets. Uh, I'm sorry, Giants. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, I think I think Der- I think Derek Carr is gonna have he's gonna have a monster game. Um, but who who are one of your must starts? Um, one of my must starts for this week is might not be a surprise to anybody, but it's going to be Lamar Jackson versus Arizona. I mean, Lamar Jackson was phenomenal, like we talked about earlier, and Arizona was terrible. I mean, they put up a hundred or four hundred and seventy-seven yards against the Lions. Or, excuse me, let me rephrase that. The Lions put up four hundred and seventy-seven yards against them, twenty-seven points against an Arizona defense that's absolutely depleted at this moment, and the way that Lamar Jackson threw the ball and moved the ball around. <clears throat> and the way their receivers played and their running game was, uh, I don't think the Arizona defense has a chance at stopping them. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to have another game. This is not going to be a fluke. Um, like I said in our pilot episode, Lamar Jackson is going to have a fantastic year, and he's going to be off to one hell of a start after this week. No, I, I agree. I think uh, I think that he's going to have he's going to have a, a really good monster game as well. Um, and that's actually that's that's actually a good one. Um, uh, somebody somebody else that I have now again I I, I I tried not to go so much as the obvious route, but I think that this can be a very good depending on your league if you're if you can start three running backs in one of my leagues I can start three running backs or if you're looking for a flex guy, um, I actually think Chris Thompson is a really really good pickup this week um, mainly because with Derek Geese hurting his knee again unfortunately. Um, the, the Washington Redskins against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have given up the fifth most receiving yards to running backs last year. Uh, last year, Chris Thompson, it clearly shows that he is playing a big part in the offense for the Washington Redskins. Not so much, not so much rushing. I mean, he only had three carries, uh, but he did have 10 targets um, as a running back. So he had seven catches for 68 yards. Um, and when you're playing a team like the Cowboys that are, notoriously known for not really having the fastest running uh, linebackers. Uh, I, I can see Chris Thompson really having um, a big, big game because I'm not sure. Um, I can see maybe Adrian Peterson again, having maybe a, a, a good, a good portion like at the beginning of the game. But I, I, I don't, I don't see Washington handling this and actually sticking with Dallas. Dallas looked really good against the Giants. Um, so I kind of see it in a way where they're going to have to move away from Adrian Peterson and this will become the Chris Thompson show. And so we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll take it from there. We'll see what happens, but yeah, Chris Thompson, he's one of my, he's one of like my, I guess you could say, I don't want to say he's not a must start for like a running back one, but I think if you're a running back three or like a flex looking for a flex, uh, I think he's a, he's a good player. I think that's a great flex start, actually, um, especially because if Dallas does what they did last week and starts taking the top off the defense of Washington, then Washington's going to be in this game script where they need to pass, 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 and that is obviously going to favor Chris Thompson over Adrian Peterson, so I think that's very, very good. Um, 
another week two must start for me. I'm going really the more obvious routes, but I think these guys are going to have probably the biggest games this week at the quarterback position. And uh, it pains me to say this, and you're going to love it, but I think Tom Brady versus Miami is going to be another – I mean, he was phenomenal last week. I mean, week, how, how I, do you think I feel? I look like an idiot saying this guy, you must not – don't start him. He's not even a starting worthy of being a starter. I just, I did, I did not see, I didn't see that game. I, um, mainly because I think that the Patriots notoriously are not that great to start in a season. And looking at now a, an off season where Edelman has been hurt, J- uh, Josh Gordon was reinstated right before week four of the preseason. Um, I mean, they released, they re-signed, they traded Demarius Thomas. You're playing now your first game without Rob Gronkowski, like officially. So, I mean, yes, I mean, he's been hurt, but I mean, this is that, that's a big void to fill because the tight ends were, they were just there for extra blockers. Um, so it's kind of like to completely change your identity. And you saw Sony Michelle had a bad game. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had more carries and yards. James White had a decent game. I mean, but James White will give you those based on the balance of running and and um so I, I, I was not expecting that. I think I was happy to see Philip Dorsett, and that's an actually another good surprise. I mean, he had Philip Dorsett had himself a game as well, but yeah, Tom Brady I mean, I love the guy. I just for fantasy he's just not one of those to to look at. But I mean he for week one he made me look stupid. Yeah, and I don't think anybody expected it. I think that was, you know, very similar to like what you said, the undefeated Patriots from about a decade ago. They would just throw pass, 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 pass. And that's kind of what it reminded me of in week one. They just kept throwing the ball because, like you said, Sonny Michelle wasn't that effective against the Pittsburgh defense. But they just kept, you know, there was an air raid offense and they just, you know, kept moving the ball. Um, We saw what happened in Miami last week. And it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. See, like that that's the thing with me. I I'm trying to see cuz I mean the Patriots love to go over what people are most weakest at. And when I see a team like uh Miami give up 250 yards on rushing, I can only see that being featured very heavily, especially when it's hot. I mean, these players are not totally in shape and you know, South Florida, that is that's, you know, you're you're pretty much going into hell. Um I mean, Tom Brady for his career, struggles in Miami. I think when he's looked at his best, it was in that almost perfect season when he had Randy Moss, and yeah, he scored like four or five touchdowns. Like, he went off. But it's rare that you see Tom Brady look like Tom Brady when it's in Miami. So, yes, he looked great, and yes, the Dolphins look atrocious. But I don't know. Like, for me, in terms of fantasy, like, those always scare me. That's true, and I don't. That's something I don't really think about as a Patriots uh, fan. You know, I don't think about their, his history in Miami too much. I was just more looking at the Week One results and uh, the matchup. Um, oh but, no, I hear you. Know, you. I mean, got... ba- based on paper, Tom Brady should have a monster game if he was able to do what he did against Pittsburgh. That has a yes, they have a young defense, but their defense is filled with studs. Yeah, and and he <clears throat> made them, he made them look bad. I mean. I'm not really somebody, I mean, the Patriots normally struggle against their protégés. First time Belichick went up against Josh McDaniel, Kyle Orton beat the the Patriots. 
with the Broncos <laughs> when they went up against uh, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel beat them with the Titans. The Titans made them look silly. Matt Patricia beat the Patriots. So I don't really know if there's like something that's there, like some sort of like a voodoo that just when pa- Belichick is going against his his disciple the first game, I just can't see Brian Flores and how bad that Dolphins team look. I can't see them beating the Patriots and I no. actually can't even see them giving them trouble. So I think that this might be one of those games that breaks that mold with uh with Tom Brady. Absolutely. Especially if the uh receiver who shall not be named does make his first appearance and uh that'll just add a whole sixth dimension to that offense and it'll be it'll be interesting. Oof. I can't even lie. I can't even lie. I hate I hate saying it. I hate saying it and admitting it, but it will be ridiculous because you guys looked incredible without him yeah um i i still don't think it's real like i don't i don't see especially with things that have been reported i don't see how this is going to work out um but if that does indeed be the case i mean i mean we're talking about a receiver better than moss and i know it's i know it's hard to say that when moss is one of the greatest ever but this specific player who will not be named is a more complete wide receiver than than Moss. And it, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just don't want to get excited about it because I am speaking to someone who specifically got burned by Voldemort. And, yes. and I, I follow a lot of people that love football and for some reason they're huge Pittsburgh fans. And we saw what Voldemort did to the Steelers last year. So it, it's really hard to get excited if it works out, great, but I don't know. I don't know. So uh, let me let me go here to my next to my next player, and it's actually funny that we were talking about the trade because I actually mentioned Marlon Mack, okay. and Marlon Mack was actually, I mean, twenty five carries. I remember we spoke and we talked about which player in our in our first episode, which player did we think that was going to be affected the most, and in a way, I think we said. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton was our first one that we felt that he was, and he actually had a decent game, uh, much better yeah. than I thought. And Joby, Jacoby Brissett looked much better than I thought. Um, but that can also be that, you know, he actually had a whole season last year and an offseason more in this system compared to Andrew Luck getting hurt. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett was a late trade and kind of just was in there. Um, so, I mean, that could potentially be another factor. But I think Marlon Mack, I mean, we had 25 carries for 174 yards and a touchdown. I don't think he's going to replicate those crazy numbers. I mean, he's not really an option in pass. So you kind of have to hope that he gives you um, he gives you those kind of these kind of good games. Um, I don't think that especially going up against a, a Titans defense that looked they looked good against Cleveland. Now, again, Cleveland had over 200 yards and penalties. So. You know that they definitely hurt themselves in that, but the defense did look good. Uh, I think they looked really well covering uh, OBJ, uh, Njoku, uh, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb looked. I mean, they gave a total of 102 yards rushing, but it was it it didn't look good. It's 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 one of those games that you could say, yeah, this team scored 24 points, but they looked really bad. They were manhandled, yeah. and that's kind of what you saw. So. I think Marlon Mack is going to be a, a big factor in this game. I don't think he'll replicate last week's numbers, but I mean, you don't need 
I mean, you don't need to score, you know, 30-something points for you to be able to have what's considered a, a great, great game. So I think that he's he's another a really good running back. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious on his uh, on what his production is going to be. Yeah, that <clears throat> that is actually a little surprising for me because I feel like uh, you know the the Titans defense did look pretty good against the this apparent super team of a Browns offense that looked like a super trash um, couldn't get anything you know couldn't you know fumbled over their own feet you know, metaphorically not literally but you know couldn't get over their own you know struggles to beat the team and to play the game really they looked they couldn't get it together but the, um, <clears throat> Marlon Mack I mean if if uh, if anybody's going to shine this week against the Titans, I definitely think it'll be Marlon Mack because, uh, you know, they got a great secondary over there in Tennessee. Oh, so for sure. Marlon 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, Locking down those receivers. And... Yeah, man. And, and and there was somebody here. I don't I don't know why I had this. I think I just didn't listen. Um, I know you kind of spoke briefly on it. But I, I do expect for those who have James Conner, I am somebody that has James Conner on my fantasy. And he 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 let me down. I mean, well, again, the Patriots defense, I mean, they've just carried on their momentum from how they looked from the Chargers against the Chiefs. They looked amazing against the Rams, and they continued that again. So I don't know if this is so much as a this Steeler offense is going to struggle now because losing a player like Voldemort, that's definitely going to hurt your offense when you have a Dante Moncrief who, I mean, Dante Moncrief has, he must have signed like an endorsement for Butterfingers because he looked horrible. <laughs> James Washington, I mean, he struggled a little bit last year. Uh, I mean, he's a second-round pick. He does have a lot of, you know, promise. But, I mean, besides, um, I mean, he does seem to be the deep threat that Washington, I mean, that Pittsburgh needs. But I think that James Conner's got to do better than 10 carries and 21 yards. Uh, he did have four receptions for 44 yards. Uh, again, Seattle looked great against Cincinnati, but I don't think they were expecting to have the game plan so much for Andy Dalton because, you know, again, Andy Dalton looks like a completely different quarterback when A.G. Green's not on the field. But uh, Andy Dalton looked really good. Or maybe that's, you know what, maybe it's just, hey, Marvin Lewis and freaking Hugh Jackson are not, you know, not on the picture. And maybe we might actually see uh, a different Andy Dalton. And maybe he was just being held back all this time by two coaches that are one's average and one is mediocre at best, uh, and you guys can <laughs> you guys can guess which one is which. Uh, but yeah, man, that's gonna. Did, did you have any other other thoughts that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I was just gonna mention that I think um, Big Ben in general, like we talked about, the Steelers' offense having a better game. Uh, Big Ben had an interception and a sack against that Patriot defense. Um, the I, I don't see him being as ineffective this week. They had no touchdowns. Um, obviously the um, Seattle gave up several touchdowns uh, to the Bengals last week. And I think big Ben, you know, he was 27 for 47 and I, I just, I, he's got to be more effective with Juju Smith Schuster with Vance McDonald getting almost nothing at all. I think this offense has to really come through against the Seattle defense who showed a lot of weaknesses last week. And I think they're, you know, the Steelers' offense in general will have a bounce back in all all the fantasy positions. Their three main starters with Ben, James Conner, and Juju Smith-Schuster all bouncing back this week. Nice. And is there a, is there a specific game that you're looking besides being a Raider fan? And I know you're going to want to watch that. Even though that Raiders Chief game being a division game, uh, I mean, they both looked good in in their in their in their respective week. Um, I know you're going to be interested in them because you are a fan of the Raiders, as am I with the Patriots and Dolphins. So both division games, 
uh, division rival games for us. But outside of that, is there a specific game that you're really interested in watching this week, either just as a fan or for fantasy purposes? Um, let's see. For as as a fan, I'm really excited actually for the um, Arizona Ravens matchup, just to see kind of those two mobile quarterbacks go head to head: Kyler Murray versus Lamar Jackson. Yep. Um, that'll be an interesting matchup. I think um, if those two can kind of let it loose and both play well, I think that'll be an exciting game to watch on offense, both sides of the ball. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a, that's actually a really good choice. Um, the one I was looking at, I was looking at it more selfishly on my end, but that's a good choice, uh, which is actually the Vikings and the Packers. I find that their games, I mean, these are two teams that hate each other. The fandoms hate each other. Uh and for some reason, their games just always – it always goes really crazy. And you, you never know what truly to expect in a game like this. But honestly, the main reason why is because in my Keeper League, um, I last week I made a really big trade. Um, and I traded – it's so big, I don't even remember who I traded. Oh, you know what? I got rid of Jarvis Landry. Uh, I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a believer uh, in Landry. I mean, I, I'm happy with the wide receivers that I have in my core – and when you're in a and when you're in a league that you need defense and you need defensive players, um, it's very hard not to stand out for Danielle Hunter, who is their defensive end, their sack machine. Uh, based on just the way that our systems point systems go, Hunter scored more points last year than Jarvis Landry. So I mean, in that regards, just because they they feature one sack is six points. So a sack oh, wow. for a defensive player is just as important as a touchdown for a quarterback or any any player on offense. Plus, you're getting two wow. points for a tackle. So I'm actually, just because it's really selfish and I, I tend to drive myself crazy watching a game of a trade that I made because I want to make sure, even though it might be one game and he might suck and he's great, I know for a fact I'm going to be watching him like a hawk, making sure that if he doesn't sack Aaron Rodgers a thousand times, I'm going to think that my trade sucked. And that's just, and of course, watch Jarvis Landry just light it up. But I, I feel comfortable. So that's the game I'm going to be watching most outside of my, you know, my Patriots, hopefully destroying the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good game to watch too. Um, so, let's see. There's one other game. Um, let's see. Where did it go? Where did it go? Nope, I guess that was it. No more games. <laughs> okay. I mean, the Saints and Rams does have a good... Uh, I mean, I, I do want to see with the Rams, because this is, I'm sure, somebody... You know, a lot of fantasy owners want to know. Is Todd Gurley healthy? Is that arthritis in his knee? Is it going to be... It, oh, from what we saw last game, 14 carries. Hey, 14 carries, 97 yards. Um, he, on paper, looked well, but... Both times in the end zone, they decided to go Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown Ooh. scored those two touchdowns. Uh, they've been talking on the news. I think there was an article, I think it was like yesterday, that they were talking about that Todd Gurley is on a maintenance plan. And hearing Todd Gurley, hearing a running back, hearing maintenance plan, it kind of, that's scary. Because they're trying to tell you that it's outside of just what his knees are. I mean, I do know that the Rams and Jess Fisher at first... You know, they ran him to the ground. So I, I hope we don't get like a Ricky Williams situation where it's like Dave Wanstead rushing him like 350 times in the season. Um, but I'm really curious to see how Todd Gurley, how Todd Gurley moves up. And 
And now, again, selfishly, because I'm really considering this trade, I want to know, man, is Jared Cook, like, am I really going to trade a top three, a top three tight end for a an above average, pretty good running back who is definitely going to be featured in this offense and a tight end that had one good game and I'm just focusing too much on pro football reference. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. time, t- time will tell and see what happens in that regard. But yeah, that, that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FFL pod on Twitter. You can find me personally at Mark reads comics. Yes. I love sports and comics. Who knew? And uh, Jake, where can they find you? You can find me at nerd grounds because um, we're all nerds here. And, uh, and my you live on and gravity keeps you on the ground. Yeah, that's true. Most of the time. True. all right but yeah um thank you all for listening uh had a great time mark thank you as always um look forward to um meeting back up after we find the results of week two and i hope everyone does well in their fantasy leagues and uh, feel free to hit us up if you have any questions on who you want to start and if you have any questions on who you want to sit i know this week like you just mentioned uh the rams i'm benched golf after his terrible week one and that's where i plugged uh picked up Derek carr to start this week okay that's good. Actually, in one of my leagues, I'm going up against a guy that has Jared Goff. So I'm hoping that Jared Goff continues that poo-poo streak, um, even though I have Cooper Cup. So let Goff go 20 of 35 for 250 yards. No touchdowns. I don't care. But just as long as you know Cooper Cup has like 10 catches for like 120, I mean, that's 22 points. I'm good with it. There you go. Yeah. No, see? That's not good. For me. Although he's benched for me. I don't care this week. awesome well then with that being said we'll uh, talk to you guys next week see ya alright guys have a good week